Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Movie Quest Podcast. <laughs> it's just well, I'm going to stop that. I'm sorry. That good. Energy. good. That no, energy. no, I was, this... Yeah, we. Oh, let's keep going. This is still the guys. This is still the. Intro. I'm still. The, I'm still doing the intro. I'm just. I'm just gonna stop the the Oscar stuff. Listeners, welcome to the very special episode of the Movie Quest podcast, where we are going to talk about the Dockies, the signed awards, the movie montage. I, I'm just. You know, I'm spitballing. Anyway. If this is the first time that you've listened to the Movie Quest podcast, normally we talk about one specific film and what we've been watching and we pit them against each other. But this time we're talking about Oscars. Films in the Oscars, not just the statues. If you have any opinions on the Oscars before I get to my hosts, you can follow us at Instagram on the Movie Quest. Or you can email us at podcast at themoviequest.com. We're always ready to hear your opinions on, you know, the talkies, the biggies. Anyways, talking about talkies, I would love to introduce my uh, my wonderful hosts that we're going to, you know, traverse this wonderful Oscar wild landscape. I'm sorry, guys. Hi, hello. You're alright, boys. Hi, it's really good to be here at the at the Academy Awards. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about all the films of this year, and I can't wait. I'm really glad that Ant, you brought the <laughs> energy that we needed for this yes, episode. Yes, I'm. I'm very well. Johnny, thank you. Hello, I'd like right? to thank my family and my friends for believing in me. I always knew that I could uh, win best makeup. <laughs> yes that's it you know i'm loving this energy guys i'm really enjoying the uh razzmatazz that we've got going on so as you listeners you know um yeah we're, we're gonna basically just go through some of the oscar nominations some films we might have seen um it's more of a side quest really than it is a main quest we're sort of breaking up our season because we've just finished the dusk season last week um and we'll be moving on to the escape part of this season next. Anyway, okay, so we're going to go through our honourable mentions. Um, and Ant is here with our first one. So what's the first one, Ant? Yeah, so basically just going to... Just so the listeners know, we're going to talk about the Oscars. Uh, but we're going to have a chat about films, basically, <laughs> we've, that we've watched. Uh, that, are, that are up for awards at the Oscars. And then we've got a bit of a quiz later on. And then uh, later after that, we're going to talk about sort of the the the, the films that we really dug uh, that we've seen so far that have been that, that have been nominated. So these Absolutely. these first uh, first few honorable mentions, sort of ones we've watched, in, you know, in this last year that we've already spoke about on the podcast. Uh, that you know we don't need necessarily need to go into too much detail in. But I will start it off with uh, the first film, which is an animated feature, uh, which is Soul. Uh, this is yeah nominated for two awards. Uh, sorry, three awards. It's nominated for animated feature film, sound, and music. And I think just with those awards, like what, what, what it's nominated for, you can sort of tell, you know, what this film is about. Really, it's a it, it's all about music, jazz, and then also the how the soul interconnects with those those things, and how sort of uh, the story the story is basically of a of a, a guy who. Uh, falls down a manhole. It's like one of the first few minutes, isn't he? And uh, yes. and he's 
go into the afterlife and he basically escapes from that and get, ends up in sort of a limbo world and then ends up back in back in the uh, real world. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this came out quite a while ago now. Um, we've already talked about it in the podcast. So we don't need to go into too much detail. I this was like again like out of all the films that we talked, all the uh, films that we talked about for this this last year, this one does stand out for me. Um, it's just been a beautiful film. If you haven't seen it yet, please. I, I, I you know, ages ago, watch it on Disney Plus. It's got a great vibe and a uh, and a beautiful soundtrack and yeah, it's a really good, really nice film to watch. Just before we move on, like the score was by uh, John Baptiste mm. and the Nine Inch Nails guy that's actually Trent, left my Trent, Trent. Yeah, Trent Reznor and Atticus. Um, you know, so that's they've been up for like these awards before for various films that they've done. Um, so that should sort of tell you the caliber of like how good the score is and the the sound in the film is. So yeah, it's what you come to expect from a Pixar film, but it's still not like you shouldn't forget that it's an amazing film <laughs> just because it's Pixar. Yeah, you sort of take it for granted almost, but yeah, it's it's very very good. Yeah. All right, Johnny, um, you're going to talk about Borat. Yes. So Borat to Borat the subsequential movie film. Mm. Um is up for two Oscars, one for adapted screenplay and one for uh, actress in a supporting role. So Borat, uh, number one, was... um, It's kind of a fictional uh, TV host, but also kind of real. It's kind of an odd caricature that Sasha Baron Cohen makes um, of a... Kazakhstan Yen TV host. Anyway, he goes back to America and he uh, What's the setup for this basically. Film? Sorry, just because obviously we watched the, the first one came out years ago. Well, how did they, you know, how did they set up for the second film? Does so he just go back again? He just goes back again <laughs> with his I can't remember daughter? his daughter or his cousin. His daughter, um, yeah. But it's it's he's basically just exploring American culture again. Right during COVID-19. So he's going about doing his usual Borat stuff um, in the height of a pandemic and also in a very strange political climate uh, with Trump in power and everything else that was going on around that. Um, It's not as good as the first one, I thought, um, but it does have a really shocking scene with uh, the mayor of uh, New York, uh, Rudy Giuliani, um, where where he kind of sets up a scene where his he like seduces her with like his daughter pretty much, and it's all on film. And yeah, um, it's shocking to see but a, supp- a person of from power. Suppose if I that, it was a bit set up in terms of like the way it was edited and stuff wasn't necessarily hundred percent like accurate, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, they stop it before anything like really bad happens, but um, yeah, it's still sort of shocking to see how it how it leads up to that. But would I recommend it? Probably not. It's not as good as as the first one, but it's up for some awards and it's it's doing something a little bit different with comedy. So um, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. Cool. Um, I would like to talk about Onward, which is another Pixar film that is up for best animated feature film. Basically, if it's like it's like if Dungeons and Dragons met Pixar, 
this would be the film that would be made. So it's sort of set in like a sort of fantasy world. It's about two brothers who go on a quest to um, save their dad who passed away or has come back like sort of half invisible. Um, it's like just very funny. It's I think it's, you know, it's sort of... Isn't the idea like it's like it's like magical world, but everyone's forgotten how to use magic. So then they sort of have to re... <laughs> Not... have to, people have to relearn. Yeah. These guys sort of relearn how to... They want to bring the dad back. They re- sort of relearn how to use it, and then yeah, like it's like yeah. unicorns are like pests and stuff yeah, yeah. in this, and like you know, ma- magicians and stuff are are fake, or you know, there's like various other sort of fantasy creatures that like run like a sort of fast food chain or whatever, and it's very much like a modern day, you know, Dungeons and Dragons mm. world, but just with phones and stuff but then yeah obviously magic still exists and everyone's sort of forgotten about it and dragons and stuff like that are a thing of the past and their myths or whatever i i've but... seen half this film because i because <laughs> when, when you have a daughter or a child uh you end up watching a lot of films in in, in pieces and for some reason we don't watch this i mean i sort of just forgot to watch the rest of it when you mentioned it tonight i was like oh yeah onward, i should watch the rest of that um I remember right, Chris Pratt's in it, isn't he? He's, I remember him being yeah, pretty the good. Um, a pretty good. Uh, it was from what I've seen of it. It was really fun, and I want to watch. It is good. It. it is a good film. I wouldn't say it's going to win, probably best animated feature film, but it's nice to see that it's there. Um, because I do think it, it's worth a punt. Speaking of Johnny talking about films, his next one is Pieces of a Woman. Aaron, you're just the best yeah. with the the. the Thank you. Yeah. I I really <laughs> you pointed that out last week, and I I re-listened just to it, and I was like, impro- "Damn, yeah, week, that was improving in, on your segues, just knocking out the park." Go for it, Johnny. <laughs> so, Pieces of a Woman um, stars Vanessa Kirby, who is up for um, actress in a leading role, and the currently besmirched Sheila Booth. Um, it focuses on a tragedy of a woman giving birth and the birth goes wrong and it's her and her partner coming to terms with it and how their relationship sort of fractures in the in the waves after um this tragedy and basically how um how they um fall apart as a part of it um it's pretty sad um but i guess it's a uh it's a story that's not really told very much about um, uh, child deaths in in a way. So uh, yeah, it's probably something that maybe needs to be spoken about in in some way. So uh, yeah, it's not an easy watch. Probably not the sort of film you'd get your mates around to watch on a Saturday night. But um, yeah, it it tells of something which probably needs to be shared I mean, with people just to bring awareness of it. Yeah, Vanessa Kirby, she's up for the obviously the the award. Is it? I mean, is it basically like her film? Like, obviously, she loves in it, but is it majority of her? Like, like sort of. of... Yeah, the main focus is on her and how she reacts to it, and her relationship with uh, a partner and a mother, and everyone's kind of telling her what to do and which way right. to to basically treat it, whether to go down the legal route, whether to kind of just move on with the, yeah. with her life so um yeah there's a lot there's a lot of different aspects to it um it's a well-made film looks looks pretty um but again so the content of it is um 
you know, it's quite harsh um, and gritty. I mean, I I did, I I do want to watch this film um, and I will get around to it. It's just of late, we've, as a podcast, we've been watching quite a lot of intense films and this seems quite, you know, it's it's quite heavy. Um, But it does look good and I've heard that she does like a stellar performance of a a woman in grief um, and, and rightly so, but... It's just it's interesting that you've seen it of all people because I know that you don't really watch those type of films. It, it was not my choice. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, like the first um, first twenty thirty minutes of it, sweaty palms yeah. in the in the pregnancy sort of scenes just mega tense. Um, anyway, that's um, the next one. Mulan is my honorable mention i say it's honorable it's on the list i don't care about this film <laughs> this film was just it sort of came and gone so. didn't it it didn't it didn't seem to make a, a huge deal out of it like considering like you know when, when obviously this came to disney, disney plus but obviously soul came to disney plus and that was a i feel like that was a big deal people talked about it a lot <laughs> even <laughs> onward as well uh yeah. i think that was out of cinema a little bit but mulan i don't seem to remember much of of a sort of noise we made about it I think it's because it, it wasn't good. I think that's what it is. I mean, it's up for visual effects and costume design and like visually at times it did look really pretty and the costume design is, you know, second to none because it's a Disney film, but... Is it pretty much a, a complete remake of the original Mulan? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, I watched it that long ago. I've forgotten <laughs> most of it. Like... Was Eddie Murphy in it? Maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, no, just, you know what? Just If you're listening to this, don't watch that. Watch the original. It's better. Okay. There you go. So you're saying a pass on that one? Yeah, pass. Okay. Pass. So I don't know why we're not honorably mentioning it. I'm sorry, Mulan, but um, no. So it's time to talk about Tenet. <laughs> yes, so Tenant is another Christopher Nolan film. It's kind of, um, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of wait on Christopher Nolan to release his next big thing and like think, gosh, this is what's he going to bring out this time? It's going to obviously be amazing. This one came out as one of the only films that came out in the middle of lockdown and is the only film that I've seen since going into lockdown. Same. Um, it's a film where time goes forward and time goes backwards and there is a plot of a sort of a spy thriller going through it. Some people say it's complicated. Some people say it's not. Um, it's not. Is it his it's best not. work? <laughs> is it his best work? No, I, I don't think it is. But what Definitely. I will like to comment on is the great soundtrack by... Ludwig Göransson, who pretty much gets mentioned most weeks on on this <laughs> podcast, even though it's not up for an Oscar award, but it is up for visual effects and production design. Should yeah, should I see this film? No. Yes. Yeah. No. Like no. I, I, I think I think it, all of Chris and all the films apart from yeah. that rises of what I've seen. I've pretty much seen all of his films apart from some of the shorts. Um. This is the only one I don't think seen. I don't think there's anything terribly wrong with it. I think it's just the expectation of a Christopher Nolan film having no, that right. that high tier nah. and this is falling a little bit short. Mainly I feel on story. I think the visuals in it are quite good. But the story's just 
there's it nothing in it that, there's nothing in it that makes me like think oh great that like i'm really behind what um the protagonist the main character is doing um yeah. i just have a look now to see what else he's working on as an upcoming movie it seems like there's nothing announced yet for what he's working on i'm guessing covid is probably hindering that but yeah, I, I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, looking at his back catalogue, it seems like every three years he releases something. So two, three years ish. I really, I'm, you know, hopefully by the time we're out of all this in a few you know, a year or so, I'll have something to look forward to because I do like, I do love a good, good Chris Nolan film. Nice. Uh, I think the thing I like about Christopher Nolan, every well, in his interviews that he's given, every film that he's brought out has been in on time and on budget or under budget. Like he does what he says. Yeah. Like he sticks to. He's got a plan. He sticks to the plan. That's great. Um, Still makes just a bad like... film. I mean, it's not bad. It's just fine. It's just <laughs> fine. Don't wait. Don't wait. and right. Basically, time goes forward. Time goes backwards at the same time, and all these crazy things start happening. And then he goes, "I'm gonna make it really complicated." And it's like, shall I wait for it until it's like Amazon great. Prime or something? Watch it on the. Yes. Uh, don't. Yeah. Don't. Okay. Go out of your I don't, way to watch I don't it. think it'll be going back into cinemas because it was pretty much the only thing propping cinemas up for, for ages. Cool. So I hear, and that you've got a quiz for us now that we're done with our honourable mentions. Oh, I just want to say thank you to all those films and all the people that were involved in those. Um, you hope you good luck films. Good luck for, for you know. I'm sure they, I'm sure they all love that, Aaron. All yeah, they are going to be listening. I, I'm to trying this, to think so. out out of those out of those six, which which do we think is the best one? Soul. So when I've seen Soul, <laughs> Soul, Soul, or, or you know, I haven't seen Pieces of a Woman. Yeah, I'd say Soul as, uh, or Pieces of a Woman probably yeah, okay. the top two there. Very good. Right. So, it being a bit of a side quest special episode, I thought make it more special by doing. A special quiz. For my two boys who love quizzes. So I prepared this earlier on. Uh, Basically, the premise of this quiz is going to be a certain amount of films that I'm going to ask you to name. Uh, (laughs) I'm not sure yet if it's going to be the full amount. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I'm going to play you a clip. Over the, so you guys in 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 this oh. Zoom call, you'll hear it. I'll share the screen. You'll hear the you'll hear the the, the, the clip of the, of the film, and you have to tell me, quickest person to tell me, who, what film this is. You get the point. These are all Oscar winners from okay. the last like thirty years or so. Okay. 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 So this is the first, uh, first film. I want you to shout your name out when you think you know the film. Okay. Right. Yeah. For having everyone write out a job description, that way management can assess who's valuable and who's expendable. My parents are trying to take an active interest in me. Why can't they just have their own lives? I'm so proud of you. You didn't screw up once. Oh my God. It's a psycho next door. Jane, what if he worships you? I didn't mean to scare you. I'm not obsessing. I'm just curious. Why does he dress like a Bible salesman? Today I quit my job, and then I blackmailed my boss for almost sixty thousand dollars past these barriers. Dad's actually kind of cute. Oh, Bugs Bunny. I think no. he and your mother have not slept together in a long time. Aaron. Shut up. Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. I'm saying my name. All right. It's uh, it's um, American Beauty. Correct. Why do you say Bugs Bunny? Because <laughs> that's my name. Oh, okay. So Aaron got that right. 
Hold on, American Beauty. That was the trailer, which uses weird music for the. I thought it was interesting. I, so that's what. How threw me weird? Off. That's what. Threw it's me it's off. almost like a rom com or something. Or like it's weird. The, the trailer. Like, but then I heard the creepy neighbor next door, and I was like, oh, it's it's got to be American Beauty. Right, next one. Y'all getting any rain up here, wife? What way would that be? I've seen you was from Dallas. What business is it of yours? Where I'm from. Oh, Aaron, oh Aaron, 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 Johnny, Aaron. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Ah, beat Aaron you to it. No country for no. old men. Yeah, Aaron got there first. No country for Sorry, old men. Sorry, Johnny. It's on my card. <laughs> <laughs> one of your favourite movies. Right, next one. That was quick, guys. Very quick. I'm just going to play the rest of that, just so people, listeners can hear that. Will be something else? I don't know. Will there? Flip a coin. Is something wrong with what? With anything. Oh, creepy. Right, next one. Uh, okay. Talking about? No, absolutely not. Because it's breaking the law, that's why. Probably breaking the law just talking about it. Oh, he's alone. Oh. Now, does this mean that whenever we go to a Chinese restaurant, you want to save every fish in the tank? So what if he's alone? We're all alone. The loneliest thing you've ever seen. Well, you just said it, right? You just said it. You called it a thing. It's a thing. It's a freak. I can understand you. Calm down. Hey, Johnny. Calm down. All right, I will, is, I will repeat it to you. Is it The Shape of Water? Yes, it is. Well done. Oh, I've not even seen that film. <laughs> that is insane that you got that. That's pretty, that, that was amazing. She, I've never seen it. Have you it, not seen so. it? Oh, it's very good. No. The main actress in it is... No. uses is she's, uh, she's, she's not deaf, I don't think. I think she just uses sign language. She's mute. Um, which is, you know, interesting because of uh, Sound of Metal, which I'll talk later. Okay, next one. Um, that was good, Johnny. The city has fallen silent. There is no warmth left in the sun. It grows so All cold. Right. Yeah. Is it frozen? No. It's just the damp of the first spring rain. I do not believe this darkness will endure. J- uh, Johnny. Yeah. Is it Gladiator? No. Ah. <sighs> Which one? Uh, two towers. <laughs> no, it's not two towers. Uh, is yeah, the Return of the King? Yeah. I look. You know what, right? Man, that was know? so difficult to find a clip for because every single clip has the Lord of the Rings music playing and everything. <laughs> so, you did. so basically, what did it was the the that I could hear this pan pipe thing. Or it took me so long to find actually, a yeah. clip without like recognizable voice, really easy recognizable <laughs> voice, and then like a really obvious theme. So I had to like it was um, it was Faramir and Erwin when yeah, they're like Faramir when they're like finishing up 
their story or whatever. I think it's part of the extended edition as well. Anyway, uh, right, next one. Oh, Aaron. Is it brave? Yes, one? very good. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I'll just play it. Oh, quiz, I'm actually I'll play good. it a little bit longer. Why? <laughs> I'll play it a little bit longer so people can hear it. How did you know me after so long? Why, well, I didn't. It's not the accent. It's just I saw you staring at me and I didn't know you were. I'm sorry, I suppose I was. Class, uh, class music. You're <laughs> in the habit of riding off in the rain with strangers. It's the best way to make you leave. <laughs> If I can ever work up the courage to ask you again, I'll send you a written warning first. Oh, it wouldn't be much to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave him alone. He, he, he tried his best, didn't he? Right, so next good. one. Next one. There's only, there's only a few more left now. Fuck. Hello. Uh, right. What's the problem, officer? Well, I'm investigating the death of Frederica Bimmel. There's no one here, Jack. Clarice. Your name is? Oh, uh, Jack Gordon. Mr. Gordon. Good. Um, Johnny. Well, Frederica used to work for Mrs. Yes. Lipman. Sounds the lamps. Very good. Oh, yeah. <sighs> oh, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, so that's Buffalo Bill. It's when he said Frederica, I was like, oh, I don't reckon. Right, I'm going to just give an update on the scores so far. We've got two to Johnny and four to Aaron. Ooh. Johnny still could come back here if he gets all his right now. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. You're not going to tell me what your name is? Hmm? <clears throat> How about where you live? Oh, Aaron. Is it Moonlight? Yes, it is Moonlight. <laughs> so that would be an interesting one because we watched I, it. Last I, wanted, week. I wanted to say that. I wanted to say it a lot earlier, but I was waiting for the the next bit of that, and I was like, "All right, it's got to be." All right, this one's interesting. So you can get some. Mr. Wood. Good luck, Your Majesty. Oh, Aaron. Is it... Uh, no children no ch- children of men? No, it's not that. Some fresh air. There you are, darling. I'm a thistle, sir. I'm a service, Mr. Thistle. Oh, Johnny. Is it uh, the King's Speech? It is. It is. Well done. Nice. Nice one. Right. Got two more left now. Uh, let's do it. Right, okay. Oh, Aaron. It's a mad match. No. All you do is kill, kill, kill. The crowd don't want a butcher, they want a hero. 
You want them to keep coming back. So don't just hack them to pieces. Remember, you are an entertainer. Hey, Johnny. Is this is this Gladiator? This is Gladiator. Yeah, I was going to say, Troy? <laughs> no, isn't, no, no, it's not Troy. What's the one we always, we always quote at uni? What was it called? Oh, oh uh, I'm the Black Yeah, Man. what was oh, it called? No. What was it called? Uh, Kingdom of Heaven. The Kingdom oh, of Heaven. That was a bad film. Uh, you know what? I've watched that still. That, is still, that, that movie still slaps. You know what? We should do an episode just for that. that one line. We should do an episode <laughs> Yeah, that. I would happily do that. In, on right, final, final movie. Aren't you skating? No, I ain't skating since I was 15. That's when I started fighting. When I was 15. Oh, Aaron. Johnny. Aaron got the first. Uh, Rocky. Yes. Oh. Aaron was quick off the mark on these ones, I tell you. So, final scores on the doors. Aaron has got six, and Johnny has nice. four. Well done, guys. Ah. Well, played. Cool, well played. Well played. All, uh, well all good uh, Oscar movies, but I feel like just going through those now, I feel like the Oscar movies are getting the, the best pictures, at least. Seems to be getting a bit more... Um, Less blockbustery. There's a lot of blockbusters there, isn't there? Like Gladiator, a lot of the rings. Yeah. Like yeah. Braveheart. Like can you imagine Braveheart winning now? It would never win that, would it? <laughs> it's so true. Like, I mean if you look at the list that we're gonna talk about, like Signed of Metal, Trial of Chicago Seven, Judas and the Black Messiah, News of the World, My Octopus Teacher, Mary and Black Bottom, like none of them are like if Okay, so for example, the blockbuster that's just come out is the Zack Snyder yeah. remake or whatever. I ain't getting anywhere near yeah. this list. Like, it's crazy that I guess like with Lord of the Rings, I'm always surprised that that won just because it doesn't seem like a film that would win that sort of thing. But I guess because mm. it was so well made. I don't know. Yeah. I think it was like the first of those type of films, and I think like unfortunate for for me because I'm not a massive superhero film fan. It opened that kind of doorway of like multiple releases, like part ones, part twos, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the reason Lord of the Rings one is because it's the perfect. It's like oh yeah, it's a very they're, good. They're, film. They're, oh yeah, it's a great film, film there. Like, yeah, like, like, like you know, a lot of the people really hype up the sort of Marvel films and and other blockbuster films. And as you said, like I think the problem is it's quite saturated and it's. These kind of films that we're going to be talking about, kind of. True of it. Yeah. So, just for the listeners, basically, we've each we've all been sort of watching different various films over the past week and maybe a bit before, um, and we've each picked a film that we'd like to talk about. There's going to be some crossover because Anne and I fought over talking about <laughs> the Sound of Metal. Um, so I will talk about it. I'll talk about Sound of Metal now. But what, what, um, one thing, so sorry. These are, so yeah, like yeah, just yeah, so yeah, people yeah. are aware, like we can't talk about like we would love to have watched all the best picture films that were nominated. Absolutely. But um most most of them weren't available in the UK. I feel like the UK is basically like the the or like run of the litter in terms of the movie releases. We never get <laughs> things we get things like six months after they come out of in, in, in the States. Or like, I mean, there's a couple that haven't come out quite yet in the states. I think the Father's just come out in the states, um, but there's plenty of films like, like again, Sound of Metal and other films that have been out for a while in America and just like we just take ages to come out over here. So yeah, that's why we haven't spoke about some of them because we can't. 
we're not able to get hold of them. So yeah, these yeah. are the ones we re- we had access to at least. These are the ones we had access to, um, and and then you know, and then the ones we want to talk about as well. Yeah, like, I think yeah. we all enjoyed them, um, which is good. Um, so, Signed and Metal uh, is up for six awards, including Best Picture, uh, Signed, and Best Actor. It stars uh, Riz Ahmed and Olivia Cook um, and a, a Paul Racky. Uh, basically. The film is about a drummer in a punk band um, who begins to lose his hearing and then eventually does. And he, um, his whole world is wrapped around being a drummer in this band and instantly that's taken away from him. Um, and being an ex-addict, he starts to struggle with the, his new world without sound. So he is sent to this um, almost like a community where he learns sign language and begins to sort of rebuild his life again. Um, I won't... Don't yeah, I, think, I think that's it. probably yeah, enough. I think any more, and it probably would yeah. start to. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it's very real. It plays with sound in some of the best ways. Yeah. Um, and doing music technology and being in a band, like you know, you can watch like horror films. Um, I, you know, and I won't be scared. This film, when Johnny was talking about sweaty palms, like the first sort of twenty minutes. My heart was like in my. It's horrendous, isn't it? Because I was like, yeah, <sighs> it is like literally like, like it is. N- I was very real to me. Um, so when I first did, I went to university. The first lecture that they do is they said, if you don't put um, earplugs in your ear, your sound will your sound will sort of change and you'll not be able to hear things. And I was like, oh my goodness, but. But prior to that, like I had been using earplugs. But the thing is, this guy, this drummer, he uses earplugs in the film. Um, and, you know, I was like, he's doing everything right and he's still losing his sound. What the heck? Um, so Riz's performance, pretty amazing. Yeah, like the preparation uh, he goes into for this, for this role is amazing. So just like, just to mention, like, so he learned how to sign language so he used yep. to speak to, to day, sign, like American Sign Language he also learned how to play the drums which he didn't know how to do which <laughs> yeah. he then performed live yeah. in, the, in the film like that's him performing uh, also the actress uh, Olivia what's Cook Olivia, yeah Olivia she Cook. also that's yeah. her singing um, in the film yeah he he, he just he, he does an incredible job I think of just of showing both the absolutely petrified like sort of feeling he has and also like the inner rage that just comes out of him that he is mm. he just can't hold it back can he like he it's a, it's a really amazing performance off Riz Ahmed uh, I've just yeah blown away and I've seen him in play, we've seen him in plenty of things before haven't we obviously he was in the yeah. Star Wars films and um, yep. he was in Four, Four Lions, Lions. Four he was in uh, he was in a great show called The Night Of which he was incredible in uh, which I found out actually that the uh, Michael K. Williams from The Wire is in that as well, which I didn't realise until after watching The Wire. Um, he is just an amazing actor. And I, yeah, this film is, for me, like really stood out as being just a beautiful film. And like you're saying, Aaron, the way they I use think... the audio is scary. There's parts of the, of the film that are almost... Um, it's almost scored like a horror film in some parts. Just some of the sound effects you mm-hmm. get from it is just really creepy. 
I think as well, like it's an, an almost unknown director and the screenwriter, so they're brothers. Uh, the brother who wrote the screenplay for it, he is actually in a band, and he sort of went us through a sort of similar thing. It wasn't that he was signed; it was to do with his back, and that was kind of the inspiration for the film. Um, you know, and I think they they caught that rawness of like punk and like so like this is what like this is you know obviously you two as well like this is what i grew up in like you know my friends did drugs and myself did drugs you know like that sort of live metal punk thing like really resonated with me like this every beat of this film i was like i i i like i know people like this i know that scene sorry that scene you know he gets told you gotta like look after your ears and then it instantly yeah. cuts to him playing drums again, and you're just like, I know people who are like that, but you're just like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just yeah, to mention yeah. as well, it's not like it sounds like a really, it's a big downer. It's really horrible in parts, but it there's a lot but, of sort of yeah, sort of uplifting, it's really uplifting. in some ways. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Um, the way it does uh, that, it has it has like a lot of deaf actors um and he works and, and like they worked really solidly with a really core team to try and really understand what it was like to be deaf and to just to sort of really shout the fact that it, pe- people who are deaf don't feel like it's a it's not it's not something that hinders them it's just a part of yeah. their life and they are able to have a, a relatively you know they just they live their lives how they live their lives and it's a good thing and they just you know they are they're real you know really amazing people and I, I don't know like it, it was very I think it's very uplifting in that the, way um, the other thing I wanted well. to just point out as well is the performance of his mentor is it um is he Paul Paul Ricci, yeah. Ricci or R- Ricci? he was Araki? also incredible I thought I, I, oh, he was so I, I good don't know, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else but he was <laughs> very good in this he just it sort of seems like his sort of lifetime role that he's been made to like he was like born to play this role ever he just was perfect for it as well did did you see like um did you see any pictures of him like, outside yeah. of the film? Because in the film he always wears like a shirt, right? And so the picture I saw of him like he take he's he's wearing like a sort of tank top and he is shredded <laughs> with tattoos, yeah. like he is shredded. Yeah. Um, I don't know, yeah, good film, great. absolutely recommend it. If it comes out here, great. You know, all the best for it. I don't know if it'll win anything, but I just think great, great yeah, film. Really good, recommend it. Okay, so. I'm going to talk about The Trial of the Chicago 7. So this is a film that uh, is currently nominated for Best Picture and six awards actually, Best Picture and also Best Actor for Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, It's directed by Aaron Sorkin and written by Aaron Sorkin. He is, uh, from what I understand, he hasn't done he's directed many uh, films before, but he's done a lot of uh, he does a lot of writing. For he did he wrote like uh, a few good men. He wrote Molly's Game. He wrote, was a writer on The West Wing. So it's sort of very similar, sort of like courtroomy, political, uh, sort of like um, it's very much like he's telling a story about pretty much usually real life events or like uh, like you know he's he's. Yeah, it's it's a very so the film is basically about uh, the trial of the leaders of, a, of of multiple activist groups who were involved in a demonstration that ended up turning into a riot against the Vietnam War. I think it's sixty eight. I think it said it was. Um, it's an interesting film. It it's primarily based around in the courtroom, and they've got these seven 
people in this you know it's about they also like they show what happened you know during the demonstration and the riots and sort of like what led up to those uh parts and they sort of like go back and forth between different a few different timelines of like showing what happened like throughout the courtroom and like going through the evidence and then going back to their sort of mm. like house where they're all like gathered together trying to like fight this case um it's interesting because it's like it uses it mixes together documentary footage like i would guess like it was like real life footage from the time yeah and also like shot stuff they've done for this in an interesting way it's almost it's a bit odd because it's so obvious that you're looking at documentary stuff and then like stuff they've shot now it's kind of it kind of i guess reiterates and shows you the sort of like actual real life consequences what they went through and things were happening i found with the story that it was kind of a little bit tricky to understand at first because I've got no yeah. context or heard of this, but as the story unfolds, it kind of goes back to the events mm. as to why they're all in the courtroom and it shows you more of that as the film goes on. So if you are watching it and giving it a go and you're not getting it for the first half an hour, 40 minutes, the story does unfold and unpackage it and it, it slowly takes layers and layers off. And yeah. as the courtroom sort of drama goes forth it also supports that with the actual events of the day which you know it's quite a nice way of telling the story yeah i mean in terms um, of like so the, act, the main actors i can remember out of it sasha baron cohen was a sort of prominent uh character and also eddie redmond is probably the other big character uh in it the, 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 the lawyer as well who i can't remember his actor's name but he was the um bfg in 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 that film uh, he um yeah they're sort of the main sort of large and life characters and then you've also got the 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 judge as well who's a big part of the film and it's sort of a it's almost like a battle between them and the judge really it's not necessarily really about any of the, any of the jurors or anything it's mostly just what the judge decides is he's like sort of this ruling with this sort of crazy sort of like he's sort he's sort of almost like he thinks the court is big you know it's mostly it's about him it's not really the case isn't really about the case it's more just about him sort of bringing down his sort of authority on everyone else which is quite interesting yeah you really want to like punch the judge (laughs) most of the film i don't want to talk about too sorry um, well i was gonna say like so i don't know if you guys listen to the not this american life but the other one um about murders criminal cast Serial, uh, serial, serial. There we go. So I don't, yeah, I don't know if you guys listen to serial, but the final season is based in like predominantly American courtrooms, and quite often, even today, um, <clears throat> you find that a lot of judges think that they yeah. are the be all, be, be all yeah. end all. Yeah, um, and it's their rules or whatever, and it's like they sort of lose the the fighting yeah, for the people and making sure what's right and make it their, yeah. po- you know, it's more their point of view. And I think, you know, it was interesting you said about like blockbusters and stuff, but I think because this is a big American story that happened a lot of years, it's very relevant yeah. for today. Yeah, I, I, mean, um, I do wonder how much like it's known in the sort of culture of America. I didn't have a clue about it. I'd never heard of it. So I'm, I'm, got, I'm curious how, hugely, how no. well known it is. Hugely. I, I don't want to talk about um, it too much more longer because I think we've got, we've got plenty of other things to talk about. The other thing I would say is um, the main thing that stood out to me, Sasha Baron Cohen stood out to me, and not necessarily in a good way. Like, ugh, like part of me really liked his performance, and there was parts of it, you know, parts of it I was like, yeah, this is a great performance. I think towards the end of the film, but there's also parts of it at the start which felt like he was. 
being himself in some ways. It, it didn't feel like a character. It felt like he was trying oh, to just... For, for comedy. Yeah, he was really trying to bring the comedy in. And I know that the character was supposed to be a sort of comedic guy in, in, you know, in, in real life. So maybe that's just part in of that. Life. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just because he's such a recognisable face that it was sort of hard for me to get past that. But um, he was really good. He was good in it. It's just... It, it was a bit, a bit of up and down for me with him. Um, my main thing on this was I thought it was fine. I thought it was all right. I didn't think <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah, yeah. particularly that amazing. It was like an okay story. It was kind of interesting the way they, they brought in the documentary style footage of in it. And it had like an, kind of an interesting ending and stuff, but it felt parts of it felt way over the top. Parts of it felt like... I just wanted more from it, which I guess it's based on the true story, so they can't make stuff up, obviously. Um, I think the reason it's in this is the stars have aligned with the political climate in America yeah. and various things that have happened, and also the release of this film. It's just like, ah, oh, yeah. perfect. This is like echoing like reality right now. I also now. think part of it is because of COVID and because there's less films out this year that they've got less like selection to make. I think it's probably part of it because, I mean, yeah, I just think like, I, don't, I feel like this might not be up for a best picture maybe a couple of years, you know, last year or the year before, but I might be wrong on that. Anyway, it was a good film, perfectly fine. Mel, Mel enjoyed it, uh, but I just wasn't blown away, really. I was sort of like, yeah, that was fine. It was like a fine Netflix film, but wasn't anything, you know, that wasn't going to knock my socks off or anything. So the film that I want to talk about, Judas and the Black Messiah, isn't too dissimilar to the Chicago 7 because it's sort of talking about similar sort of things. Um, this one's primarily focused on Fred Hampton, who um, was one of the chairman leaders in the Chicago Black Panthers in the 1960s. It was in the last film, wasn't it? I talked about they've got these two films with the same guy in it. Sorry, you can talk about it. I just, I just, that, that name stood out to me because I remembered it from the film. So essentially, the story is the FBI, Hoover's FBI, I'll make that note, um, basically plants a mole in the Black Panther Chicago outfit um, to snuff out Fred Hampton because he is seen as the next big thing because they'd already killed um, uh, Malcolm uh, they've already killed Malcolm X and they already killed why oh, I can't remember his name Martin Luther King and they already killed Martin Luther King um, so this is the next guy on the list and Hoover as we know was not a nice guy. Um, the film was directed by Shaka King uh, and stars Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Lathke Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, um, otherwise known as Landry. Jesse Plemons. Um, we've been all watch it. And so, anyway, Daniel's performance. Um, I, I won't say it too much, but he does a very, very good accent. Well, I'm not from Chicago, so I actually have no idea if it's good. But to me, it seems pretty good. <laughs> Um, and essentially it's sort of like a sort of documentary well no it's not really a documentary it's just a, the story of this guy's sort of the, the the mole that basically ends up helping to kill Fred Hampton um, and it just follows that that, that small little section is it quite a short sort of amount of time that happens over the course of or is it quite a long process or it's, uh, it's two hour long film um, and it sort of covers a couple of years his, I guess, like Fred Hampton's, like Twilight years. Um, a lot of it he spends in prison, but then he gets acquitted, and then he goes. They find ways to put him back in prison, um, and then they end up like murdering him. Um, yeah, it's a good film. It's a really good film. It's quite heavy, uh, obviously because of the subject matter. 
um, again, very relevant for the for the times. Um, you know, uh, very true. It's just it's in it's for me it, the thing that was interesting is in the 1960s this was going on and it's now 2021 and it's still going on, and it's almost like, you know, you think we'd have figured it out by now, but we haven't, have we? So not to get too political. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I really recommend it. Um, if you're into those sort of films, as I am, I'm into those sort of like political thrillers type stuff. I've, I've mentioned b- before other films that I've watched recently this year. Um, uh, the, this sort of stuff just just really interested to me. Did you prefer it? I don't know why. Chicago 7? Oh yeah, massively, yeah. <laughs> it's a way better film. What they did, oh, sorry, one of the things, the soundtrack is incredible. Um the uh the, the the way it shocks was set in the 70s it feels like a very much like a 70s okay. film if you get me the way the shots and stuff that they've chosen feel very of yeah. the time when those when 70s films were coming out and i thought that was a cool little thing to do um and all the actors do an amazing job that's why it's up for what is it five five awards including best picture and best actor so you know go watch it when it comes out i would absolutely recommend this film so next up on our list of films is News of the World. And we have, very very uh, handily, we've got a, a, someone sent in a, a review of this film. It's our good friend Jamie, and we'll, we'll play it right out for you. News of the World is a film directed by Paul Greengrass. He's known for films such as Bloody Sunday, The Bourne Series, and Captain Phillips. And it tells the story of an ex-Confederate Army captain, Jefferson Kidd, played by Tom Hanks, who now travels from town to town reading the news. On his travels, he encounters a girl dressed in native Indian clothing, Johanna, played by Helena Zengel, who's been separated from her family and tribe, and he finds her next to an overturned wagon and a black soldier who has been hung. And this sets up the main story of the film. Uh, A series of events then unfolds as Kid tries to get Johanna back to her parents, uh, but unhelpful officials, criminals, small-town dictators and sandstorms are problems faced all along the way, and they're all exacerbated by the fact that Kid and Johanna don't share a common language. This film's very easy on the eye uh, in ways that post-Civil War Southern States films usually are, uh, with lots of deserts and plains, uh, sometimes adding to the desperation in a scene or sometimes looking desolate and sometimes just looking pretty. Uh, Hanks and Zengel do a fantastic job in their acting and seem to work well together uh, with good chemistry between their believably portrayed characters and a powerful scene where Johanna desperately tries to call out to a tribe over a roaring river is balanced really well with comedic moments a tense action scene and an emotional ending James Newton Howard has done a superb job on the soundtrack at times mixing country and western vibes with orchestral grandeur uh, whilst other times laying sparse scratchy strings underneath a solo violin a flute or a piano to great effect and then there's a really excellent eerie section during the dust storm uh, where he uses rising and falling strings to create this really thick, scary atmosphere, which then resolves wonderfully uh, as the scene itself resolves. Uh, yeah, it's not really hard to hear uh, why this was nominated uh, for the Best Soundtrack Oscar. I definitely recommend this film. Uh, it's an interesting story with good characters and it lasts just about two hours. 
there are some scenes which didn't really add much to the film uh, for me, such as scenes to do with Kid's wife, but, you know, they might float someone else's boat. I guess my only true negative uh, about this film would be the title, but again, perhaps that's to some people's tastes. Uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. Uh, and to quote my wife, it's an emotional journey from start to finish. So did he just like fart loads during that <laughs> recording or is that someone's chair? It's his chair. Yeah. Right. Oh, no, cheer- no, cheers. Cheers. That was a really good review, Jamie. So, Jamie, it seems like Jamie really liked that film. Who 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 else has seen this film? Oh, you guys, have you guys seen it? I've not no, seen it. No. Okay, so it's me versus Jamie, and Jamie's not here to defend himself. Okay, um, this film, uh, I agree with most of the points Jamie made. Um, uh, apart from, I guess for me, it it just it lacked a certain amount of um, gravity and a certain amount of like, sort I don't know, like cinematic spectacle. Like it was pretty in certain parts, and it had like some interesting. Uh, dynamics between the two characters, like yeah, the what James mentioned before about the uh, na- the Native uh, American uh, girl. She's I don't want to spoil it. I want I want to say spoil what happens how that comes across. But yeah, there's like a language barrier. I kept on wanting more from it. I kept on I kept on feeling like there's going to be another dynamic to it or another. Um, it's going to go up another like tier, and it just never did for me. Um, it was a completely like. Uh, it was completely like competently made film with uh, a couple of good actors, but I think the writing overall just didn't really do much for me. And um, again, I'm not, I don't really feel like it. I mean, I guess it's not up for best picture. It's up for uh, sound, production design, and music and cinematography. So I can kind of get why it's up for those because it, it does sort of excel in those areas, I suppose. I just think the overall story and sort of like the overall film itself didn't really knock me out of the park. Uh, Mel liked it though. We watched it with Mel. Mel really liked it and still pretty much will watch anything that Tom Hanks is in and love anything that he's in. So, you know, she, that's it. Mel will uh, always uh, uh, back Tom Hanks. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was fine. It was enjoyable. It's just, what again, didn't really blow me away. Um, but yeah. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the message, Jamie. Well, well read. Yeah, Paul. Paul, if you list Paul, if you're listening, um, when are you going to make a Jason Bourne film again? Hmm? When are you? When are you? When are you going to? When are you going to go back to the thing that you're good at? It, yeah, it is interesting because he doesn't really yeah. make these sort of films. It's a bit of a spin-off yeah. for him. Usually, he makes sort of like very intense, like 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 um, what was the? I really liked. Is it 1993? He made. I think it was. I don't know. He did did Captain Phillips. He's, he's he's been mentioned a number of times on this podcast, and I am a big fan of Mr. Greengrass. I just think, when are you gonna get back to you know come on, get get on the Jason Bourne thing? Come on, yeah. It's like time to come back. Ninety three was which is the story of the hijacking uh, for the World Trade Center of the one of the airplanes. Again, that's like incredibly gut punching and like intense and. I feel like maybe he's just going for a bit of a different vibe of this film. He's trying to go over a bit more of a an adventure film or something. I don't know. It just didn't. But again, it didn't really work for me. Um, I think he, he he does well at like showing more actiony and sort of I don't know more gut punching films. Anyway, um, let's move on. Yeah, J- Johnny. Um, do you want to speak about the film that you've seen? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. So this film title. is 
I'm just gonna say it, it's great, and I'm surprised it's not. Um, <laughs> it's not been put for best picture, but basically, what you need to know is Ma Rainey is a blues singer and is sort of hailed as the mother of blues, one of like the original um, kind of patriarchs of um, the, uh, like one of the origins one of the key origins of the blues music in America. So this film is set in 1920s uh, in Chicago on a really hot day over the course of mainly um, just an afternoon. And uh, Ma Rainey is, uh, has been asked um, by two recording or producers to to come in and to record a couple of her songs uh, with her band um, for them to to put it out and to release because her music's really popular um, amongst uh, black and white listeners in America. And it's a really interesting dynamic because Ma Rainey in this film has got a lot of power in an era where black people were still quite... Um, uh, oppressed and sort of downtrodden and because of her fame and um, all the things that she's done through her singing she's got this power and these white producers and recording executives are trying to get her to sing on this record to be able to sell her music but she knows that that's what they want and she's milking them for every single thing so that you know like she she knows that she has the power until she records onto that record and once she's recorded on that record it belongs to them and they can go off and sell and make all their money from it so it's the story of that recording session over a day cool so ma rainey is played by uh viola davis who looks absolutely phenomenal Probably not in a great way. She looks really sway, her makeup's all <laughs> stripping down her face, but she looks like what a blues singer from that era would would look like. Um, there's also a fantastic performance by uh, Chadwick Boseman, and I think this was the, the last yeah. film that he was in just before he he died. Um, he plays a trumpeter in the band um, who uh, is. Uh, who's playing alongside Ma Rainey in this recording session. Now, uh, Le- uh, Levy, who's a trumpeter, he has his own ambitions and he wants to try and start his own career. And in these songs that they're recording, he kind of makes his own versions up and uh, he adds extra parts and Ma doesn't like that. She wants it the way that she wants to record it and there's tensions there. So there's quite a lot of things going on in the film. Um, it's shot really well. The the um the music in it is really good and i've been singing like the songs since i've um, since i've uh, watched the film and if you are watching it there's a uh, sort of 30 minute documentary after the film uh, which is on netflix uh, which kind of helps fill in some of the historical uh, elements to where the film's set who these people are how everything was put together but i think it's a fantastic film um it's actually based off a play by august wilson um it's quite a popular play in america but it's i think it's the first time that it's been brought to film um and yeah that's it um yeah really surprised it's not up for 
for best film, but it's up for best actress and best actor and best makeup, which if it doesn't win best makeup, I would be yeah, shocked. yeah, really shocked because I think that the makeup and the costume, particularly of Ma Rainey, is fantastic. I really do. I do really want to see this film. Um, I knew that it was Chadwick Bowman's um, last last film, and it, it looked really cool. I know, I know that it's available on Netflix, mm. so it's on my list. It's short as well. Because like when when we sort of decided about this Oscar thing, I was like, I was going through, it and it's sort of already fairly late at night, and I was like, which film looks like good and short? I was like, this is an hour and thirty four minutes. So oh, beautiful. It's great, and it's there's a full story in there. So yeah, isn't it weird how like sometimes you just long for like a film that's like an hour and thirty minutes, just long for something just short and sweet. Oh. Yeah, it's it's punchy. It's kind of along the vibes of um, if you imagine the era of I forgot the film now with George Clooney. ER, George Clooney's in ER. Uh, oh brother, where art thou? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that sort of era of those early recordings and Outlaws and that that type of thing. You know, Outlaws, some people say that the Outlaws of the Sea are octopuses. <laughs> and Anne's going to teach us all about that, aren't you, um, Anne? Again, hitting out of the park. So my octopus teacher told me once uh, how to make segues. Anyway, I watched a documentary with uh, Mel this week, uh, which is up for best documentary, surprisingly. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called My Octopus Teacher. Uh, Johnny, you've watched this as well, haven't you? Yeah, this is great as well. Yeah. So this is, a, I think it's a, a nice, short, uh, or brief 86 minutes uh, long. So if you want to watch something, like, uh, definitely... Uh, if you want something from the Oscars and you don't want to like get too invested, that's a it's a great watch to see. Basically, it's a, it's a lovely little small documentary. It's about a, a wildlife documentarian. He moves home. I think it's South Africa. He lives in on the coast of South Africa. I he, he he decides he wants to just get out of his house and go swimming, basically, and get and sort of just look at nature again after a long time apart from it. And he um, discovers an octopus eventually in this little cove. And he decides that he's just going to keep going every day and see what happens. Uh, so he goes and he films, like, what he films is his sort of interactions with this octopus every single day. And he does it for, I mean, I don't want to spoil how long it goes on for, but it goes on for quite a while. And he basically makes a bond with it. It comes like, mm-hmm. has, a, has a relationship with it, basically, where he's like, it recognizes him and it's sort of like. Yeah. At first, it's really scared of him and whatever, and it's sort of not sure what to do with him. Um, and it's sort of this story of his his sort of interaction with this with this animal. Um, yeah, like I don't want to go into too much because I don't want to spoil it, but it's really wholesome and it's a really nice watch. Sounds really wholesome. Um, mm. it it's like really it is nice. like there's not it's not always like super happy. It's not like Found Nemo or whatever. Well, not 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 that Found Nemo is that happy actually, but um. There are some darker bits in it and stuff, but it's just really a really nice watch because a lot of films about wildlife and a lot of documentary films about wildlife, especially, you know, they're, they're beautiful to watch, but a lot of the time you end up feeling just really bad about everything because the world's going down the crapper and we're ruining the planet and yeah. everything. But this one is it very much just focuses on one little story 
and mm. and has this interview. You know, he's 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 been interviewed and talking about his interactions and about yeah. what it, how it changes him as a person. Um, I don't know if anything else you want to mention, great. Johnny. Yeah, I I, th- I think the main point of the film is just like the relationship between this diver and this this octopus um and how it they they develop this bond like it says in the film that an octopus has 2000 suckers and they can control each one individually yeah. and like the octopus like touches his hand like when he like when he becomes used to him and like just like he'll first just like touch his little finger and then he'll go a bit further when he's a bit more comfortable and then like slowly like work his way up when when the octopus's confidence gets to a better place with this guy like yeah i think part of it as well is not just necessarily the relationship you also just learn a lot about octopuses which i never knew about and how incredibly clever and smart they are they basically is seem like they're as smart as like a dog really like or like Mm -hmm. a some sort of pet like yeah, it's really good. I'd recommend watching it. Um, as I say, it's eight, 86 minutes long, so it's not too long. And it's on Netflix, so it's easy to watch. It's beautifully done. Um, yeah, really. I, I've had, I haven't watched any other document, documentaries, but just from watching it, I would say it's probably up there with um, maybe winning. I could see it. I, I would say, like, out, out of a lot of documentaries that I've seen recently, I'd say that this one's... Just good from from that, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. It genuinely sounds like I don't know. Like, so we've Heather and I've recently got a cat, and so we I've just sort of gone through a similar sort of thing where you know, like you the pet the pets introduced to a new environment or the mm. animals introduced to a new environment, and then you slowly, weirdly, the two of you are sort of put together, and you've got to create this bond, <laughs> like because you've got to live mm. together. And I think it creates this sort of like really wholesome family aspect. And I know pet owners will understand this. Um, and I know both of you have owned pets, so I know that you understand this. But um, this documentary sounds like it sort of captures yeah, that. At the end of it, you feel like you you know this octopus, which is really weird because you, you don't that's, like... That's cool. Just around, you know what I mean? How would we know it? But it does feel like you have you you as a viewer has a have a connection with it as well. I can't imagine. That's not sick. I don't want to go into how long he goes on, but I can't imagine how much of a relationship he must have had with it. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That so that's nice. It's a wholesome way to finish our individual set. You know the, the you know the standout films of um, the Oscar nominees. So we've got one last thing to talk about, which is the best motion picture so i'm just going to read the list um and then we can sort of just highlight a few ones that we think Mm -hmm. are good or whatever um so the first one is the father the next one is judas and the black messiah after that mank uh minari nomadland promising young women sound of metal and the trial of the chicago seven it's a lot of good films yeah so like the ones that stand out to me of like what i would really like to watch i haven't been able to watch yet uh, Nomadland. I'm hearing lots of good things about that. It's uh, currently mm-hmm. on. Uh, it's in America on Hulu, which will come. It's coming to Disney Plus over here at the end of next month. Um, but from what, I haven't watched the trailer from it. I've always seen little clips from it. I've always seen like little uh, shots and stuff from it. But I believe it's about a woman who lives in a in a van, and sort of the way it's shot is it's a lot of it is about. Um, it's almost like a documentary style where like the. the She's an actress, 
but a lot of the people she's interacting with are actually real people. Real people um, yeah. It's like yeah, this sort yeah. of this whole culture of people who live in the, the the vehicles and travel around and stuff. So that that um, it's getting a lot of praise from what I'm hearing about it, and I'm I'm interested to see it. Um, what is any any of us on yeah. there or anything? Yeah, like well, Mike Mike's directed by um, the lad who did uh, the Social Network and Dave and, Fincher. You know the yes, I think so. Yeah, so most recent one. It's like black and white. It's, it's on a it it's good. a it's about the making of um, Citizen Kane. It's and it's apparently Kane, yeah. David Fincher has been trying to make this for years, and it was him and his dad, I think it was, who came up, who came up with the idea for it, and then his I think his dad cool. passed. Um, think this is what i remember reading about it and since then he's been trying to get it made and now he's made it i i, I almost wanted to watch this with there because i thought it was on it's that, on netflix isn't it um it is on netflix yeah but i haven't watched citizen kane which is for, as, a, as a podcast on a movie podcast it's probably horrendous so i kind of want to watch that first before watching it so i'm thinking i might try and watch that soon because uh yeah like that again sounds interesting. I quite like making those sorts of films. It's about the making of a film or whatever. I think they're quite it's quite interesting. The other one on here that stands out as well, I've heard very good stuff about, is The Father, uh, which the premise is it's An- An- Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. Anthony Hopkins is uh, the father and Olivia Coleman's daughter, and it's about him, um, uh, basically his progress through him developing dementia. And they oh, sort of play wow. with his. It's like from his point of view, the film, and they sort of play with reality in some ways. So, from example, I, uh, I believe one of the things that happens is he'll be having a conversation with his daughter, Olivia Coleman, in the room. She'll walk out of the room and come back in, and she'll be a different actress completely. And it's sort of like playing oh, wow. with that. Sounds like, cool. He doesn't recognize her, and it's sort of playing with his memory. And they do a lot of stuff with props and. The set design and stuff, and I've, it's, I mean, I reckon I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen it. I've just heard of it, and I've I've seen a little bits of clips of it, but it sounds to me a little bit like what they did with, um, you know, uh, Michel Gondry did with uh, Sunshine and Spotless Mind, where they'd play yeah, with yeah, 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 sort yeah. of set design a bit, and like you'd look back, almost like a dream in a dreamlike state, state sort of thing, where you look away and then look back, and it's changed. That's the sort of thing I've heard about oh. from that, um, and I've he- also heard it's not a downer from people who have watched it. Like a lot of these films, you know, it sounds like it could be horrendous. It sounds like a really like horrible story of a guy with dementia, but it's supposedly quite nice. Well, quite, um, there's quite a bit of levity in it as well. which I'm quite interested in seeing. So yeah, they're the two that for me that stand out was like, I'm gutted. I can't, I, can't, I won't be able to watch these, but probably even until after the Oscars probably, because I won't think these are out until, that the father sounds like proper Oscar winner material. Like that sounds like, you know, it's got all the little things in it that would really like stellar performances, quirky idea, um, good subject matter. Mm. You know, like obviously like the kids sort of got King's yeah. Speech kind of yeah. vibes to it. But um, I think that the last one for me is um, I really wanted to watch it before the podcast, but I just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But Minari looks incredible johnny i've seen 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 bits of the trailer yeah it's another a24 film which they just seem to have a really high standard of (laughs) of, uh, film releases um 
I don't know much about it apart from it's uh, about a Korean family who want to start a farm in 1980s Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas. Arkansas? I say Arkansas. Arkansas. There's a song that says it, <laughs> sings it like that. But it's got um, David. Sorry, Stephen Yoon, who is well known yeah. for being in The Walking Dead, and he's sort of the main actor in this. So it'd be nice to see him not slashing zombies and doing something else. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just. I've heard his performance is amazing in it. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it'll win or not, but like. I watched the trailer for this like months and months and months ago and I was like, oh, I mean, this looks great. Um, and I was, yeah, interested to see see him do it. But then since then, the buzz around the film has been pretty like good. Um, people say like the, the performances across the whole cast are really cool. Um, it's obviously like a quite heartfelt family film. And I don't know, like it looks, it looks great. Like I'm very interested to watch it um, regardless of, you know, whether it wins or not. Um, but because Ant's described the father to me, like I just think my the two I think might win either the father or Nomad Land. I just they feel yeah. From what I understand, Oscar, so Oscar the way the Oscars vote. work is they have to like a lot of times the films that have a big budget and a big studio behind them will like um, campaign for the best picture winners, um, and they'll put a lot yeah, of money into yeah. that and to put advertising and ringing around and get people to vote. Getting the members of the of the academy to vote for their films, I've got a feeling Sound of Metal, for example, probably isn't going to have much of a uh, a weight to throw around, which is a shame because it's that, my yeah, I mean, like list. obviously, I've only seen yeah, a few of these films, uh, but straight away to me that that was that's probably the best film I've seen this year. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, I've always seen it recently, so it's a little bit, you know, I mean, might, might need a few weeks to digest it, but. At the moment, I think it's probably my favorite film of the year that I've seen so far. Not not Pitch Black. <laughs> uh, no, not <laughs> a little bit different. A little bit different. Uh, Johnny, have you got any um, sort of? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just touch on Promising Young Woman again. Not seeing it, but it has uh, Adam Brody uh, from the OC fame in this film. So it could tell that. Oh, you've piqued my you've piqued it, my interest. It could be worth a watch. Um, so the 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 line on it: a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who crossed her path. So beyond that, I don't know much more. It's fifteen, t- just short of two hours. Could be good, but don't know. Not seen it. Not heard much about it. I mean, Adam yeah. Brody though. I'm in. I've not I'm seen in. him in anything yeah. for ages. You've, you've done it. Yeah, you've you've done it. Uh, he always crops up in like weird indie films. I think I've seen him in a couple um, since since the OC days. But um, got love, a lot of love for the OC. Same as my boy Landry in uh, Judas. Um, like you know, it's good to see these people like, these sort of doing well in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Glenn from um, The Walking Dead. Yeah. You just see these people, and you just want you wish yeah. them well. You wish them well in their endeavors. Okay, so I think that about wraps up our Oscar episode. Um, sorry if we've totally butchered your Oscar evening. Maybe you were going to listen to this alongside the Oscars. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Hopefully it'll just give you a taste of like all these different films and maybe you'll pick one or two and maybe yours will win something, but it doesn't really matter if it does. <laughs> mm. 
yeah, uh, ultimately, regardless of like, you know, films winning awards, whatever, it's just good to celebrate good films. Um, and that's what why we talk about films is because they're great and people should watch them. And then, you know, we also allow people to avoid the ones that they don't like. Um, so if you have, again, any opinions on the Oscars, you can message us on Instagram and at the movie quest or you can email us at podcast at the com. we would love to hear from you and your opinions you know maybe you're annoyed that Zack snyder's justice league supercut <laughs> isn't in there oh, um, i really want to watch does, that film. i'm tempted I'm well tempted. maybe next episode we can talk about whether i watched it or not yeah. um so before we get to network next week's episode johnny we need to know what film we need to watch for next week. So oh, what is yeah. your choice for Next escape? week's topic is uh, Escape, isn't it? Yes, it's the first one in the three. Okay, so the the film that I've chosen, which I haven't watched before because I've used my one life on Blue Ruin for the last season, for the escape season, is Escape from Pretoria. With oh, Daniel the Radcliffe. Um, the Radcliffe one. Yeah, I've been oh, wanting to watch uh, this. Yeah, me too, me too. All right, cool, 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 cool. I'm, you know, that, that's great. Because um, I, I was thinking about choosing that, but I find a better one. For me, for me, for me, for me. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be better, because this film looks pretty good. Okay, cool. Well, Escape from Pretoriov. Pretoriov. Pretoria. Escape from Azkaban. Escape from the Rock. Cool, excellent. Well, that you know, that's all right. We need to stop. We need to stop. We right. We're stopping the podcast. Sorry, listeners. We're sorry. We'll stop. We'll stop. Too many films. <laughs> Too many films. Too many films in one week. It was a pleasure. Um, um, you know, let's do it more often. Where we just tank a whole load of films <laughs> and then burn ourselves out before <laughs> the podcast. Um, well, that that wraps up um, this week's uh, movie quest. Uh, this wraps up the side quest for the Oscars. And we look forward to hearing from you and speaking to you next week. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.